Darkcast Network. Out of the shadows comes the best of indie podcasts. You are listening to Castles and Cryptids, where the castles are haunted and the cryptids are cryptic AF. And I'm Alana. I'm Kelsey. Uh, uh, this is episode 113. Government conspiracies? What? Yeah. <laughs> where have you guys been for a while? <laughs> we haven't done these in a hot minute since Patreon forever ago. Yeah. <laughs> True. It was literally like one of the first, I think. I don't remember. Yeah. That tells you it's been a while. (laughs) We've done conspiracies since, though. Just not not too often. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we are devoting this episode to it. And I love them. I'm here for it. (laughs) Mine's not so fun, so... No, <laughs> no, they, I mean, they rarely are like very good when people to the people that the things happen to. And yeah, this one's but, atrocious. I mean, because there's a reason why they would be wanted to, they would be kept under wraps. Yes. <laughs> That's why they're absolutely. Super, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but even the stuff that comes out that is as true, that used to be conspiracy theories, like things like like MK Ultra yeah. and stuff is like well if they can fucking do that then any of these is plausible or right? possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the stuff that they spend decades denying saying we never did that and then they come out one day and <laughs> yeah. finally say, "Yeah, we did that." And you're like, "Really?" <laughs> uh. It's COVID, so we don't care about the aliens right now, but thanks for just dropping right? that in. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, Area 51. I guess we kind of knew about aliens. Yeah, do you think? (laughs) We kind of knew. We kind of figured. It's been like 90 years. Uh... (laughs) No, not quite that long. Like 70. (laughs) I mean, yeah, what was it? It's almost, it was almost 90. It's like the 50s or so. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, yeah. 47. I don't know. But mine goes back. Mine has, yeah, mine goes back a, a bit too. It's interesting. Mm. I can't Mine's... wait. I don't even know what you're covering. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even so a... I'm like, ah! <laughs> mine, I took a bit of a different direction. Mine is not anything <laughs> like paranormally or anything that happened. Um, but okay. mine was something once I stumbled across it, I was pretty interested in learning more about it. And oh that <laughs> is at one point, uh, Canada had created uh, what is referred to sometimes as like a gaydar machine. Um, <gasps> and then, oh yeah. no, you're doing the, is, is it called the fruit uh, machine? Yeah. No way! Yeah. I have heard of this. I yeah. Think 
Agreed. Not that I like the title The Fruit Machine, but it is <laughs> that's how it's most um it's most often called. Um and there are documentaries made by people that were involved really? or like um or would have at the time like had they been around at the time they would have been affected themselves and they have titled those documentaries the fruit machine but i typically just call it the machine uh but yeah the machine oh my god mm-hmm. okay yeah so not not necessarily yeah paranormal i get what you're saying i get what you're saying yeah but it is kind of like science fictiony it's very right. uh blade runner like we're gonna measure your pupil dilation and all that weird shit or just remember the one at the office where jim tells dwight that he can buy a gator or something and so he like calls him up or or orders it or whatever and the gym just sends this like i don't know bar thing in a box maybe it's like those what the airport security yeah tsa agents yeah it's just probably just like a metal detector or something probably oh my god this is gonna be iconic okay (laughs) um yeah so just diving right in because as much as we we don't dislike bashing on canada so this is something very shitty that canada did oh Um, yeah we've done some shit and when we get back from our break we'll get we'll get into some more (laughs) yeah a lot of Countries other than Canada were doing pretty similar things. Uh, They might not have targeted, like, we're targeting these demographics of people, but they maybe not were doing it about the same way. Um, Because uh, this device, it was basically developed by, uh, in Canada, by a Robert, or sorry, Frank Robert Wake, who was a psychology professor from... Carleton University. Oh, okay. Uh, I've heard of her. (laughs) Yeah, they sent him they sent him to the US to find out how the US was basically using a similar type machine to try and figure out if people were gay. Uh, Oh my god. And then he was to report back to the Canadian government so that they could build their own machine. Uh... (sighs) What the yeah. hell? And it's like, they should be copying us. Because, like, we were the first one. Now they do. We were the first ones to legalize weed before them. And now there's some of their states yeah. have started to do it. And they, they like, follow what yeah. we do. What the hell are we doing following what the <laughs> crazy Americans were doing yeah. at the time? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so the device was used by Canadian government's security panel, whose job it was to identify civil servants whose loyalties were in doubt because at the time the Cold War was going on. So, mm. yeah. That uh, a They lot. were really, <laughs> yeah, they were really concerned about people maybe f- turning sides or becoming involved with communism or giving up top secrets or things like that. So they were very concerned about who had what type of security clearance. Uh, and what kind of information they were able to access. Right. And for some yeah. reason, also concerned with what they're doing in the privacy of their own bedrooms. <laughs> uh, we'll get to it. So, because okay. the people <laughs> that they were targeting um, were those who had, at first, were any sort of character weakness. 
So they were targeting uh, people that gambled, people that committed adultery, or even just drank heavily. And Uh (laughs) yeah, this reasoning reasoning also extended eventually to anyone who was engaged in anything that would be considered sexually taboo at the time. Um, So they're (laughs) right. Government. Um, They believe that therefore, if that individual is more likely to violate the norms of the time, that they would also be more likely to associate with communists or become a spy, or that simply they would be easily easier to blackmail, um, because at the oh time, God. like being gay or homosexual was illegal. Uh, so if they oh, found no. out that you were gay, they could and you had that security clearance, they could blackmail you and it would more likely be successful because you would want to avoid people finding out about you. Right, so, I see. Yeah. What d- decade is this again? Um, It was in the 1950s and 1960s. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. Uh, so the machine was developed. It started being used in the 50s and 60s, uh, mainly as this way to identify gay men who at the time were pretty commonly derogatorily referred to as fruits. Um, that's why it's called the fruit machine quite often. And that was the nice F yes. word they could use. Yeah. yeah. Or not even nice, but um, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was to weed them out throughout many of these civil service jobs. And up to 1968, under the criminal code, homosexuality was illegal. And many psychologists believe that homosexuals suffered from character weakness. So they used the machine, or the machine was used by this special branch that was created within the RCMP um, during the 50s and 60s. And they operated pretty much on behalf of the Canadian government um, in kind of investigating the Canadian government's employees and things like that. Um, It was the RCMP investigating them. And they were doing it in an attempt to eliminate any of the gay men from any civil service jobs, as well as uh, eventually they targeted gay men in the RCMP and the military. um, Oh, no. And took them out. Yeah. This was just not a a good time for Canada or for being gay. Yeah. And I was thinking, what did you say? It was illegal until 68? 1968. That's uh, in why Canada. they call it the summer of 69. <laughs> no. Oh my 69. god. I don't have many jokes I can make. It's very... Yeah, it's like, this was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that you just so I'm like, like oh we don't shy god. away from Canada also being shitty. We don't just talk about the US. Oh, totally. Uh, oh, yeah. We've got yeah. our our crime here for sure. Yeah. A lot of it's very similar to the, the US, of course. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so from the National Post, uh, they had a little blurb, a few good quotes I found too. Um, saying, according to former Vancouver Sun journalist John Sawatsky, uh, he wrote a book called men in the shadows the rcmp security service um so according to this john sawatsky in his book he wrote that prime minister john diefenbaker 
Oh, him. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> that was a uh, while ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, that he, like the Prime Minister, John Diefenbaker, he actually didn't know the exact nature of the secret project that was going on. But okay. in that they did report to him and that he did multiple times accept the panel's advice that gay people needed to be removed from public office um, by way of some sort of concrete proof of their sexuality and that this mas- machine could accomplish that. Um, yeah. Damn. This is insane. So, like, what were people drinking yeah. at this time? Oh, we haven't even got to, like, how the machine works, because it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Quote, unquote, works, yeah. No. <laughs> it's fucking awful. Um, bananas. So, uh, I have some more quotes saying, It was quite devastating, said Gary Kinsman, a Carleton sociology professor who co-wrote The Canadian War on Queers, National oh. security as sexual regulation. Sexual um, regulation. Wow. Yeah. Uh, is quote continues saying, especially early on, hundreds of people lost their jobs in the first couple of years in the 1960s. And people would, call, would be called into a security official's office and they would be told, we have evidence that you may be a homosexual. What do you have to say about this? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, so getting to yeah right it's awful like but again it's the fear you're putting into people's mind the fear of these people having these security clearance and what if they could be flipped and you use that to push your like stereotyped like homophobic views um, and get other people to believe in it yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the, yeah. the hidden agenda or whatever. Yeah. Not so hidden, I guess, but yeah. And it's yeah. all, like, for what? For, like, just to, oh, in case, just in case, just in case the Russians yeah, right. decide to do something. Yeah. Uh, so how the machine worked or didn't work, <laughs> the <laughs> machine what? basically... Uh, used a chair that was pretty similar to those described as a dentist chair. So like oh, once you sit and it can kind of like reclines a bit, but it's like a full lounger kind of chair. Okay. It had a, a pulley that was attached to a camera and these subjects or people that were being tested were often asked a series of questions while viewing pictures that switched between mundane scenes, just like <sighs> random everyday pictures yeah. to pretty... I'd say pretty like pornographic material. Um, right. Some things that it was people maybe like partially nude or like wearing bathing suits or to being like completely 100% nude and engaged in possibly sexual acts. Like, okay. It's yeah. Like people so you're watching. Genders or yeah, like, it would go back and forth. Uh, And this camera that was near you would be attempting to measure the diameter of the pupil of the subject's eyes. Um, And this was called... Why not just measure uh, the bulge if if they do or do not have in their pants? (laughs) Wouldn't Uh, that be simpler? (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? We won't go there. Um, So... 
measuring like somebody's pupil diameter is called a pupillary response test mm-hmm. um and this was uh trying to measure the amount of interest that the subject had in that specific photo that they were looking at at that time. Uh, The test also would measure their perspiration, breathing rate, and pulse. Um, So multiple things that they were measuring. It sounds kind of like a, a, what do you call it? A lie detector test where they're like, all they can really measure is like how you're reacting to like, well, a lot of question. times it's the stress of the situation and stuff yeah. like that. And really, I don't know. It's so stupid. Um, <laughs> so another quote from Swatsky, who wrote the w- first book, uh, quote, the plan was to monitor as many psychological or physiological variables as possible in the hope of finding a reliable method for identifying homosexuals without arousing the fear and anxiety involved in the polygraph test. Um, Because people didn't actually understand what they were being tested on. Um, They were told they were being tested for something else. And then they would take the test and soon find out, you know, you're sitting there thinking you're taking a test for something and suddenly they're showing you porn. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? I'm at work. So your pupils are dilating in shock. (laughs) Like your your eyes are widening. You're like, what the hell was that? Uh, the idea for this specific machine was based on a study by an American university professor who, I would love to get more into this because this is ridiculous. Um, his study measured the size of subjects' pupils as they walked through aisles of grocery stores in an attempt to try and determine which product packaging interested people the most. I would love oh. to know how successful that study was, because <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's just not the kind of job that I want or need. Or would Why be. not just show people two and be like, which one do you like more? Which one makes you want to buy something? Yeah, more? don't. That's what I do now. Focus groups and tests. Yeah. And, uh, test groups, audience. <laughs> They're like, strapping yeah, the one a with the sex on it. to your head. Yeah. That's what sells. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, another test that you was used by the project uh, involved this subject sitting. This was only mentioned once, holding a bag of crystals, like this crystal substance that was known to change colors when exposed to moisture. And small changes in the subject's sweat on their hands was measured while they read homosexual words. Um, oh no. So this was also part of the the test that they conducted. Some of the words included queer, gay, drag, and bar. Just bar. Um, And bar? Oh. Yeah. Just simply bar. Sure. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It all makes perfect sense. (laughs) Right? Uh, Therefore, if the subject reacted to pornographic images of someone of the same sex they would be classified as homosexual and therefore deemed to be a threat to national security, whether or not they had access to any of these so-called classified information that they were worried about. They just started weeding out everybody. It didn't matter if you had access to like secrets or not. Um, oh, great. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess we could have, should have seen that coming. Yeah. Right. 
Um, another quote from Kinsman says, we supposedly suffered from a character weakness that meant that we were vulnerable to blackmail from evil Soviet agents. The people that we talked to for the book, they say that the only people who ever tried to blackmail them were the RCMP themselves, who tried to force them to give over other names of lesbians and gay men that they knew of. So at first, subjects who were actually volunteering to take this test, they were told that the machine would rate their stress levels. Uh, so imagine sitting down, they're like, we're going to rate your stress levels. And then they're just like, mundane picture, mundane picture, pornograph, <laughs> like porn. <laughs> and you're just like, what kind of test is this again? <laughs> I thought you said stress levels. <laughs> yeah, like it'd levels. be... <laughs> Yeah, so people didn't really understand at first what they were being tested on. They were told it was going to test no. stress, and people were voluntarily taking it. Um, but soon, words wow. spread around, and the true purpose of the machine and these tests uh, got like spread out. People started knowing about it, and very few of them continued to volunteer for the test. But I assume we're probably like forced to. Um, right working i'm sure you had to say you would take the test and just hope yeah for the best yeah um so that accuracy quote-unquote of the machine at the time was very questionable (laughs) the even the pupillary test itself was based on flawed assumptions um mainly the belief that visual stimuli could lead to an involuntary rack Uh, involuntary reaction that could be somehow measured um it also relied on the belief that homosexuals and heterosexuals would respond to diff to stimuli differently um and lastly it relied on the belief that at the time that there were really only two types of sexuality yeah homosexual or not so Mm -hmm. um these researchers also failed to take into account the varying size of each person's pupil. And oh my god. The, <laughs> Just um, the most basic and, of like, the bare minimum, yeah, you guys. They had no way to measure that and they also oh, for something, it's up that they also failed to take into account the distance between each person's eyes. Not the eyes in the camera, but the person's eyes. So I, I'm not sure like, what that plays into it too. Maybe the camera couldn't catch both at the same time or something i'm not sure i don't Um, know i just know you need to know that when you order your glasses online they're like what's the distance between your pupils or whatever and you're like oh my god just a second (laughs) yeah um so other problems also included the fact that the camera was placed at an angle uh in relation to the person's eyes because placing it directly in front of them would block the subject from being able to see the pictures. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is insane. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the brightness of each photo was also different depending on the slide. Um, so some were really bright and some were way darker. Um, oh and God. it would just go back and forth. Um, this caused... As you could understand, just a subject's pupil to dilate in response to the brightness of the picture, whether or not they yeah. were interested in it or not. Like just literally the, the one thing guaranteed, it. yeah, to make your yeah. pupils dilate, like light <laughs> flooding in. Um, this particular problem, sources did say the scientists did spend a lot of time trying to fix and a lot of money trying to fix. 
Um, but it said they had no success. So, like, they couldn't control the brightness of the picture somehow. Um, they can't yeah, control no. literally any, like, part of it, <laughs> it's which ridiculous. means it's the least yeah. scientific thing ever because you don't have crazy. any controlled variables or anything like that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, dear. It also said that dilation of pupils is also exceedingly difficult to measure as changes are often less than one millimeter like so it's so little of a change (laughs) in somebody's pupils that is microscopic Um, for those of you that use inches and crap like (laughs) that is like yeah fucking small (laughs) yeah it's not in movies when somebody what does a line of coke and then it zooms in on their eyes and their eyes <laughs> some shit. Yeah, yeah it's not that coke. Ugh, other drugs yeah. yeah we'll dilate the fuck out of your pupils yep <laughs> all i think of is coke because i watched cocaine bear and it was the best movie in oh. existence it was so good did i i think we watched it it was so good uh, i don't remember it i loved maybe. it maybe i didn't I thought it was so funny. Um, it's Elizabeth yeah. Banks directs, right? Yeah, yeah, she's good. She's funny. Yeah, I liked it. Um, Cocaine Bear. Yeah, that was pretty. They covered that whole story on um, Sinisterhood, like the guy mm. that dropped yeah. cocaine and all his life, and then the bear and everything that happened with that. And it was pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The bear isn't too involved. They say the bear only possibly ingested like one to three grams of cocaine oh okay and, um that's, that's all it possibly yeah. could have ingested um yeah, it was not doing cocaine. rails of cocaine off of <laughs> severed limbs like in the movie <laughs> what? okay yeah i don't remember no. that <laughs> yeah I it's to rewatch. um <laughs> uh, yeah um so for uh, the exact numbers are unknown, but according to Kinsman, uh, the Canadian government spent more than 15,000 or eight, about, or sorry, more than 10,000 or 80,000 today in just one year of this project's, like, completing these tests. Okay. Great use um, of funds. <laughs> right? He says, quote, it wasn't just some bizarre little experiment that a couple of people in the corner over there in the RCMP or in the military decided to do. Uh, It could never work. It never did work. But the government poured thousands and thousands of dollars into it. Um, Great job, guys. This is just a shining point in our national history. Um, project funding from the Defense Research Board was eventually cut off in 1967, as it said that the panic over homosexuals had started to die down. Um, They're getting ready for the satanic panic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ready for the next panic. Um, Arbitrary. <laughs> yeah, and by yeah. the but by this time, like all this damage was already done. A huge number of people. I ran into up to like 9,000 people had been subjected to this testing and like thoroughly investigated with hundreds of them being fired from their jobs and charged, some of them even being charged with crimes of sexual abnormality uh, with little to no evidence against them, just like them failing this test, which could have happened for any number of reasons, um, whether or not they were actually homosexual. 
sorry. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, many of those tested continued even after the project was done uh, to be investigated by RCMP. Uh, the RCMP even focused, like, after the project was done and like, they weren't focusing on, like, civil servants anymore, RCMP decided to look inwards and focus on their own members more heavily at this time. Uh, they developed Great. a series of <laughs> indicators for homosexuality that they used to help identify gay RCMP officers. Um, this included... Gaydar inward. <laughs> yeah. Um, this included driving white cars, wearing rings on the pinky finger, and wearing tight <laughs> pants. So all the Italian gigolos yes. of the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you have a gold chain on your neck? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh you wear God. hair product? No. Um, <laughs> I was just awful. Um, it's insane. So they ended up. Like, as they were focusing inward, they followed members, they placed undercover men posing as gay men in parks and bars, trying to, like, basically hit on people and figure out who was gay. Because at this time, it um, it was probably just, I think it would have been just before it was, like, not illegal anymore to be gay, so I think that's no. why they're still doing this. Um... And they it's actually so crazy recruited. To even think that it was that not right. that long ago. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're doing all this stuff, and they, uh, the RCMP even recruited gay men to act as informers, um, to kind of like rat each other out. Um, Jeez, of course, <laughs> that's yeah. always good. Always that always works out well. Just yeah. tell us who you think are the witches, and we'll do the rest, yeah. and nobody innocent will ever come to harm. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, every um, witch hunt ever. <laughs> I wanted to point out that one of the sources said that while they recruited gay men as informers, it said that lesbians rarely cooperated. So they couldn't get <laughs> any lesbians to cooperate or rat oh, each other out. According Lesbians to the Lesbians need not apply. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, that's awesome. Like, but I don't Jeez. fault the gay men that did rat each other out. Because I'm sure there was a lot of pressure put on them and it was horrific. Yeah. Uh, it's all yeah. around bad deal for for them yeah. at this time, clearly. <laughs> um. So in 1969, a royal commission on security ended up recommending that... Um, like LGBTQIA2S plus uh, employees be allowed back to work. Um, okay. But it also in this commission, it said, well, they uh, should be allowed to go back to work. It also said that, quote, they should not, they should not normally be granted clearance of higher levels. They should not be recruited if there is a possibility that they may require such clearance in the course of their careers. And they should what? certainly not be posted to sensitive positions overseas. Sure, sure, There sure, was sure. even a chance you were going to get promoted and ever have access to that information. They should not give you the low-level job, even. Right. So, thanks yeah. for nothing? <laughs> right? Like, that's still shit. <laughs> exactly. Um, you have no possibility yeah. of advancement. Great. <laughs> 
Good to know. Yeah. Um, mm. So, kind of what I ran across, it said that war against, like, LGBT civil servants specifically didn't end in just the late 1960s um, when this kind of stopped. In 1973, mm-hmm. Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau, Justin's father, Pierre confirmed, Trudeau, you say? Yeah. Uh, the... Is, is it Justin's true father or is Justin's true father Fidel Castro? <laughs> That's another conspiracy theory we won't get into. I know. Today. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Pierre Trudeau, he confirmed that suspected homosexuality at in 1973 was one of the factors the government was considering before clearing any federal employee to handle classified wow. documents. Um, wow. Yeah. So barely, and then, barely any progress at all yeah. <laughs> since it ended um, at that time. And then RCMP also continued investigating homosexual people up until the late 1980s to some things said early 90s. Um, and it was around this time that official policies were starting to change um, in the 90s. But they, yeah, they were still investigating people up until that time, even though it was no longer illegal. And hadn't been for like twelve years. Yeah, they but least. people were still completely ostracizing gay yeah. people. Yeah. Especially during the eighties and the AIDS epidemic and all that crap. Yeah. Oh, it's just awful. It get the uh, there, you know what one Canadian um fucking flight attendant gets blamed as being um what is it called? Patient zero for the AIDS epidemic. But I learned oh on a podcast that's because he was participating in a program and they they called him patient o but somebody thought it was patient zero so then he got called like patient zero for like a blamed for spreading the aids epidemic or like it was like no (laughs) isn't that awful though like that's that's how easily people's whole lives get besmirched and stuff yeah it's crazy um so the next thing, I don't know, it was like, I don't really get this quote. Um, This was from that, like, what did I say his first name was? Uh, Frank Robert Wake. He was the one that, like, developed the machine oh, for Canada. Dr. Um, Wake, right. Dr. Wake. He said in 1992, just prior to his death, um quote i think it was worth doing because it may have brought us a lot of knowledge of homosexuals and he continued on to add that he was much more tolerant of homosexuality than others around him and continued saying quote the others have caught up to me end quote like i have no words (laughs) Yeah, just a very stank ass look on my face the whole time you're talking, and eyes rolling into the back of my head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This much more tolerant than those around me. But I cost hundreds of people their jobs. La da da. Um, Oh yeah, he's changed now, Kelsey. Don't you know? (laughs) Um, he's much more woke. He's Doctor Woke. not dr wake yeah oh no um oh boy um i don't have too much more um so 
like the people involved or that were affected by this spent several decades as you can imagine waiting for some sort of apology for the from the government um they were quoted as saying this apology has to be pretty broad ranging and pretty comprehensive including things like the canadian government's participation in things like the fruit machine said kinsman um saying quote this is a major violation of these people's rights um sure <laughs> but at the time like they there wasn't the same protections they have now about not being fired based on your sexuality that didn't exist mm-hmm. um yeah. so this like they called purging of civil servants was officially publicly exposed in 1992 until then like People may have talked yeah. about it, but it really wasn't acknowledged by the government that they had done this. Um, sure, sure, sure. And it's not like the internet was really around to yeah. help spread it and podcasts. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, podcasters like you. <laughs> right? That's so why when I came across this, I was like, oh, I really want to talk about this because this is yeah. crazy. It's not, it's, like... it's not well known. I, I no. only like, once heard it vaguely on one podcast maybe um yeah Yeah. so finally it's publicly exposed in 1992 when uh prime minister brian mulrooney ends up having like he gets word of it that people want this apology so brian mulrooney he ends up denouncing it as quote one of the greatest outrages and violations of fundamental human liberty Um, yeah yeah so yeah um (laughs) It's it's part apology, like, what else are you going to do about it? Um, Mm -hmm. So in 2017, uh, like, long time later, Canadian Prime Minister and son of Pierre, Justin Trudeau. (laughs) Son um, of a Pierre. (laughs) Yeah. Son of a Pierre. um, (laughs) Trudeau just likes apologizing for stuff. Um, It seems. (sighs) I just think he likes to hear himself talk. (laughs) Which this is definitely, I'm happy he apologized for this publicly. He has a lot of things um, he had, yeah, he has a lot of things yeah. that needed apologizing for in his Yes. Past. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so he apologized for the mistreatment of gay and lesbian people during the Cold War. Like, okay. like that was like a fear thing. And then uh, more specifically in the involvement of removing these, um, some sources said thousands, but most likely it was like hundreds of people um right like homosexual people and people that weren't homosexual um from public mm-hmm. service um military and rcmp jobs because of wake's machine um and okay. at this time he also announced there was going to be a 145 million compensation package released which included 110 million that was going to be paid out as part of this huge class action lawsuit settlement for all these civil servants who had lost their jobs because of the discriminatory actions against them. I don't know how many people were involved in this, like, class action lawsuit. Um, But yeah. I heard El Gordo's awake. You may Um, have heard my neck crack. I don't know. It felt really good, though. Oh, yeah. Um, In 1998, there was a play that was called The Fruit Machine um, done by Brian Drader. And it follows uh, kind of two storylines that run at the same time or run parallel. The first one follows the machine project. And then the other one follows like contemporary homophobia. And 
also in 2000 fun time <laughs> <No>. yeah <laughs> sorry uh also in 2018 there was a documentary called the fruit machine done by sarah Fodi. Uh, okay. And it followed the effects of the project on several of the subjects who, like, were, who had taken the test and had been fired based on their results. Um, I'll put a link to that because I found it online that you can watch it for free. Um, I'll, we'll have a link on our website page if somebody wants, anybody wants to watch it. I think it was about an hour, maybe an hour and a half long. I myself we're didn't okay. watch it. I ran out of time, but... Well, that's yeah. one thing we're going to hope to pre-record ahead more so we can yeah. have time to do those things for the cases. Because, yeah, yeah, definitely does take um, some time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love a good documentary, um, though. Yeah. Uh, there are similar machines that are still used in various countries for different kind of <laughs> purposes. Yeah. Um, Seriously? And, oh, shit, I meant to look this up. The plethysmograph whoa (laughs) um (laughs) which this apparently is able to measure blood flow to the genitals while a subject use various images um it's no longer it was at some point it's no longer used to try and determine someone's orientation but instead is used in countries like canada and the u.s to try and measure a person's arousal to specific people, mainly those who are pedophiles. Um, e-fedophiles? I meant to look that up, too. Whoa. Um, and rapists. What? So they actually Insane. still use this. Um, yeah. In like Canada and the like, US. chastity belt or something. It's like, how can you measure that? Just like, sense like, strapped around the genitals. Like, what? I'm sure, yeah. Blood like, pressure cuff. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so they do use this. These tests are not admissible in court, but they are sometimes used to see if someone is likely to re-offend, like, based on their, like, physical reaction to these images. So they use them like pedophiles, rapists. Crazy. And stuff in Canada and the U.S. even today. Um, Yeah. Just for, like, the purposes of possible re-offending. Um, it seems um, there was a similar test to the one I talked about with the machine that was used in Czechoslovakia. I don't know around what time um, or what year to determine if two of these refugees from Iran who were trying to seek asylum um, should be granted asylum because they were trying to they were trying to get it basically because they were saying that they were gay. Um, so they were trying to figure out if they should be granted asylum for fleeing Iran um, and try and determine if they were actually gay or not um, because the penalty for being gay in Iran is death. Um, So they used this test to try and determine if they were actually gay or not. I don't know how that ended up going for them, but... Oh my um, God, what the hell? Yeah, and I don't know when that test occurred. Um, And then another couple things I wanted to mention because one of the sources was like, here's some fun facts in case you didn't know and some of them are interesting and some of them was like here's the definition of what a beard is and i was like who doesn't know what a beard is <laughs> like okay <laughs> it's <was> so random <laughs> it had some of these facts like that delta airlines once argued that they should not have to pay as much for a gay passenger 
that ends up dying aboard the airline, like in a plane crash or something, because the gay person could have had AIDS, um, oh which would God. have killed that person anyway. So like the AIDS would have killed them. Because we're airlines and life is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that felt appropriate to the yes, situation. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Yeah, so they tried to argue that like if a gay person died in a plane crash, they shouldn't have to pay as much. Because that person may have had AIDS and that they would have died from the AIDS anyway. So they just died earlier than they should have died, technically, in their lives. I'm but shaking yeah. my head. Sorry, your head, great your face for a right podcast. now. <laughs> my eye is yeah. twitching. It's twitching. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. I don't know when they had this enforced. The source didn't say. And I don't know how long it was in place. But Delta Airlines did later apologize for trying to make this argument. Good. Uh-huh. Like, fuck. <laughs> um, too little, too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh the gosh. one thing also had in their little facts that from 1952 to 1990, the U.S. Congress had a law which banned lesbian and gay foreigners from entering the country. Wow. Just, I don't know in what circumstances or just at all. But yeah, it sucks because it's still, you know, hard hard for yeah, yeah lgbtq plus to travel to certain countries mm-hmm. like you said because where it's yes. still freaking illegal and crap like that so it's they have horrifying. to go places that yeah. are gay friendly and yeah and yeah that, that's just that's terrible and some of these countries that had like kind of had just gotten in and we're starting to grant rights and stuff have now kind of backslid and a lot of these rights are going oh, really? away again yeah oh, um yeah it's pretty awful. Please, please don't tell me we've stopped our forward progress. Right? <laughs> we can't go backwards, yeah. guys. We need to get to space stellar interstellar travel. Yes. <laughs> get the hell out of here. Um, my last thing that I wanted to end on was just saying that in Canada, um, now a person cannot be fired from their job due to their sexual orientation, like no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. And while the country does not explicitly grant or deny such a right to the LGBTQIA2S plus people under the Canadian Constitution, the Supreme Court has ruled that Section 15.1 of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms does protect against discrimination, including sexual orientation. So, like, um, yeah, it does fall under the Charter of Rights and Freedoms um, mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Which right, is like you're not able to discriminate based on race or religion or yeah, and they can't. They can no longer fire you based on your sexual orientation. So know your rights. Know your rights, people. Like people yeah. always say that online, like stuff like that. So yeah, it was wild looking into this one. When I stumbled across it, I was like, oh. This one's really interesting, and fuck Canada for ever doing this in the first place. <laughs> we're airing our own dirty laundry over here. Yeah, yeah we we're, are. We're fighting the good fight. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome because that's awesome that you covered it because I probably would have been too scared. <laughs> I'm like, what if I say something? What if I offend somebody somehow? What if I make a joke and somebody takes? It? I don't know. Like, yeah. it's just so such a touchy kind of thing to have to even talk about that way that you know yeah that's why i i liked um 
the one source, it was mostly, um, what was it? The National Post, I think it was. Yeah, the National Post that had um, all the quotes from those two gentlemen that had written the books, um, mm. like talking about it. So I really like that because a lot of um, a lot of what I had read, I was able to back up kind of with quotes that they were saying uh, from the research that they had done or their involvement. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I really hate it. Especially, (laughs) I don't love the part about them still using certain questionable tactics to try and figure out if people are going to like reoffend, even if they're pedophiles or rapists. It's like, well, first of all, like, I don't know. I don't know if a raper is going to offend again, a rapist or whatever, but yeah. Like, doesn't mean they're never going to have a fucking other sexual urge in their life. So how yeah. can you? Like, yeah, that like, one. I oh, don't they really... got a boner. Like they're going to fucking like. Ugh. Yeah, we should just be working on how to rehabilitate people somehow. Yeah, they said it was part of like the their like psychology kind of stuff with like psychiatrists and everything working with them that they'll administer these tests to see what kind what kind of state they're in or where they're at in their like treatment i guess Mm. so yeah (laughs) who knows yeah right yeah i feel bad for anybody that has to administer any of those tests to a pedophile oh my god oh yeah can we just (laughs) do what lucille bluth used to always say to her grandkids they put all the rapists and all the pedophile or no all the rapists and all the murderers on an island and then (laughs) At the end oh, of it, yeah. there's only one raped murderer left, or something. Yeah, maybe he's like, "Oh, is it one raped murderer left?" I always thought it was. Da, 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 da. I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> Lucille Bluth." I can't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I see nothing wrong with people that are in prison that want to take out rapists and pedophiles. I will, right, that happens. I will send you commissary money. Like fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Also. I thought I heard about like some kind of weird island like that where oh my god I don't know don't is it not I'm just not Australia it, it... fucking Australia not just Australia. back in the day Alcatraz? like they made some new penal colony for pedophiles I don't know now I don't know what's what's oh. something I read in real news and what is something I saw oh. no I haven't been watching the new Black Mirror yet so it probably wasn't that oh yeah I have no idea but that anyway. was crazy crazy yes we will take a (laughs) well for you guys it'll be like half a second for us it'll be a few minutes we're gonna take a break and we'll be back i need a (laughs) a mental break now yes all right we are back with a gordo or two there's a dog outside of my room Gordo wants attention. He's currently laying by my mic, opening and closing stuff on my laptop with his head. Gordo. Well, because he stretches back oh. and then his head will like turn caps lock on. Then he'll roll over and he'll like open a tab. <laughs> <laughs> he sneezed. Hello, I see your little eyeballs. He sneezed. That's so great. I hope oh, that I thought it was mic. just a. Because he just keeps shaking his collar sometimes. Uh, no, he also sneezed. 
<laughs> El Gordo sneezed. He looks so Look dopey my... right now. So oh, he's dopey. gonna. Ready? Uh, <laughs> he sneezed again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Clearly, there's gonna be some <laughs> cat outtakes on this episode, yeah. too. Did you guys like the like four minutes of cat <laughs> shenanigans I put in the in the bloopers oh outtakes the last episode? Okay. Now you know what we deal with. He's trying to get behind my laptop, and every time he moves it, it starts closing. El Gordo. Viva somewhere else. No. <laughs> yeah, that was funny when my brother was like, like starts his text out with Viva El Gordo. <laughs> Oh my, oh my god. god, buddy. He's like rubbing against my laptop and it's scooping the whole top yeah. of it. Yeah, I could see the screen <laughs> moving. You're being so... Okay, okay. You yeah, you sat go... still for Kelsey's segment, <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> Put your head in the box. Oh my god. Be in the box. Be a box cat. Again, please. Put your head in the box. I'm reading this book about a fucking uh, what are they called? Crusaders, you know the Christian, the Crusaders. Oh, <laughs> He's, fuck. oh yeah, he was apparently one of the worst ones. Um, <laughs> it's fun, and it said something like, "Oh, there's exaggerated tales about him throwing people off of his castle and stuff, though there's no proof of that." But there was sure, like, there some is. detail. <laughs> There was like some detail about putting their heads in a box and then throwing them so they would be sure to be like conscious all the way down. And I was like, what the fuck How? are you talking about? Oh, I don't know. Okay. I've never heard of that one before. <laughs> I barely did understood it when I was reading it. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how that would keep somebody about... conscious. They'd probably suffocate I'm in the box first. Sure. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> It wasn't elaborated on, we'll say that. All right. Gordo is back in the box. (laughs) He's a cat in a box. (laughs) I found my post-it note on my notes that uh, has a fun fact on it. And a reminder that there's an aerial school UFO incident uh, documentary I need to watch now. Because guess who? One of my favorite podcasts, Sinisterhood, is covering... The, the same thing I did, the aerial UFO and school incident or whatever that I yeah. talked about. In Africa, right? Yeah, it's in like Zimbabwe. Anyway, I was like, oh, they're doing it and they're going to do a real good job. They're doing a two-parter. Oh. Wow. Anyway, so there's a documentary called Aerial Phenomenon, I guess. So yeah, I'm going to have to find that and you should too. Yeah. And- cool. <laughs> That's what we'll do. That'll be our documentary to watch it. Um, homework? No. <laughs> and also... <laughs> we'll I have three down... alien-themed Patreons in a row. We love our aliens. <laughs> oh, for Patreon? Yeah. No, I'm going to watch it for fun, though. For fun. Um, this I didn't know. Did you know that when Edgar Allan Poe was born? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not know when he was <laughs> You should, so because random. he was born on January 19th. Really? So, that's, oh. that's your birthday. Sure yeah, 1809. Oh. Oh. Apparently. 
Yeah, uh, I heard it on a podcast, so it must be true. And then I Wikipedia to make sure. <laughs> you Wikipedia, it must be true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and his family was from Scotland, so there you go. You you cool. got Edgar Allan Poe, I got uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? Einstein, Albert Einstein. Oh. His birthday is March 14th. And guess what? They both married their cousins. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a similarity they both share when they were talking about It was of the time. (laughs) Cumin it in the family. I'm glad that fell out of favor. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So not the the norm anymore. No, No, but it does still happen. Yeah. Knew someone who knew someone whose cousins were married. Yeah. (laughs) First cousins. Anyway. First cousins, I think, yeah. And then, oh my god, there was a funny story my friend was telling me at work. She said that she was living in a small town and she was going to date this guy and then her father said, no, you can't date him. And she goes, why? And he goes, he's your (laughs) (laughs) half-brother. Oh shit. What the what? We were talking about that on the radio one day about long lost siblings and everything and somebody said they found out in their very very small town that there was like three other families on their street that they were like half related to i was like what around (laughs) yeah it was like their grandfather or something i was like yeah oh shit yeah or like those stories you hear where people like he's in their 23 and me or Yes. Yeah, their ancestry or whatever, and then they're like, "Haha, it says I'm like fifty percent Mexican." Mom, mom. <laughs> they're yeah. like, "Oh, I have something I have to tell you." Those yeah. stories are crazy. I watched that. Um, <laughs> was it that one about that doctor that used the um like oh. artificial insemination and he kept using his own sperm and then there's like a hundred and yeah i think 170 something kids now that are his Fuck. that was in canada too I yeah was in ottawa. <laughs> oh my god something wow. like that oh oh canada <laughs> this is our <laughs> okay this one my story is in the u.s so we're about to oh, okay we're about to bash now we can on hate on the U.S. The <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're gonna put them on blast. <laughs> we love you guys, though. We do. <laughs> we see all you. We still have our our, our big one. Was it was it Virginia? Is usually our biggest state. So <laughs> we love you. <laughs> okay, this one. Um, okay, because I had to switch because I was going to do. So when I jotted it down from, I was going through some of the conspiracies they covered on Creeps and Crimes, because yeah. <laughs> I was recently been listening to a lot of them, and I knew she had covered quite a few, um, to get ideas for this one. And then there, I had jotted one down that um, they had just referred to as the gateway experience. But then when I start looking into it, I was like how many pages in and it's like this sounds familiar and then also something just said this was um the remote viewing and this is what kelsey covered oh <laughs> patreon <laughs> it was just the men who stare at goats yeah. yeah but they hadn't yeah. said 
No, I don't re- remember running across anything saying the gateway experience. Yeah, it was kind of like explaining it in different ways that it wasn't the same. It was like, you know, using your mind outside of the box and, you know, like just yeah. all these different experiments with expanding your mind and shit. And I was like, this doesn't sound like anything we've done before but then it turned out it was so (laughs) like i'm like god they're all connected they all sound the same and that was the first conspiracy episode i did because i i love the movie the man who stare at goats okay yeah so i haven't watched that in a while either oh i love it so much give that a review funny (laughs) isn't uh who's in it george clooney and ewan mcgregor Yes, hell yeah. Enough and said. um <laughs> fuck what's his name? Um the big Lebowski guy. He's the crazy guy. Oh um that's in charge of long um, pause. <laughs> he's in charge of like the whole government thing, and then boo, Kevin Spacey. Um he's also in it. Yes, uh, Jeff Bridges. I'm having Jeff a, Bridges. I'm such a brain. He's fart. in charge of like, he's the government woo woo guy that's in charge of the whole project. There, he's Jeff Bridges. Moving right along, we are going to cover the Montauk project. So, I'm familiar with so the name, but really not either. the details. Yeah, I was like, I'm sure I know this one pretty good, but no. Not as well as I thought. <laughs> I was like, thought I knew the gist. Yeah. Um, but it will, yeah, it will definitely start to sound familiar um, in some places. So let's just dive right in. Um, now that we got our tangents out, <laughs> that yeah. was our intro banter, 12 minutes of. <laughs> yeah. It's on yeah. your half, not mine. On my half. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh no, now I'm going to get accused of going long. No. <laughs> All right, so I said so Montauk Project is also it's the story of Camp Hero. Or should maybe they have called it Camp Superhero. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> um uh, the project was named for the area it was conducted in, which was on Long Island. It's in Montauk on Long Island, which is in New York State. Okay. I definitely had to double check because I was like, is Long Island a state? And then I was like, oh, no, they kept saying New York State everywhere. Right. <laughs> I can't hear Long Island without thinking of Long Island Medium. That, oh, Long Island Medium. <laughs> Oh, lady. My mom was obsessed with her show. I watched so many hours. Oh, really? Yes. I just thought you were going to say Long Island iced tea, which is the only no. other thing that comes to mind. I, for me. I don't like alcoholic iced tea, so I do not like Long Island iced tea. Oh, when I worked at the bar, we made it with like four different shots and then uh, Coke and lime. There wasn't even anything remotely tea, iced tea in it. <laughs> oh, ew. That's yeah. just so gross. Just it, was, like a, it was. Um, <laughs> what is it? And then they call the the slushy when you just mix everything together. Swamp water. Yes, <laughs> swamp water exactly. Shot. All the flavors, yeah, or all the <laughs> alcohols that you have. <laughs> so gross. Nice. Ugh. Um. 
yeah, so it's it was <laughs> it was on Long Island Medium. No, it was on Long <laughs> Island in New York. What's that other Medium show? Isn't there? There's a few of them now that they've had. They have a celebrity medium guy now that always does readings about celebrities, like, dead loved ones. And I was like, you probably oh, could have yes. heard this from Wikipedia. Like, or I think I've seen him on, yeah. come up on my YouTube. <laughs> he's like 19 another... or some shit. Like, just get out of here. Yeah, he's really young. Know. I thought there was another, like, me or psychic one with a funny name or something. But I don't remember. Yeah. Um someone's shouting it somewhere <laughs> so uh yeah for brevity's sake <laughs> now you got me thinking big lebowski and i'm pulling out the brevity words which <laughs> i remember having to ask what the fuck that meant i was like oh shortness okay so <laughs> or for for ease we'll be calling it camp hero but at the time it was all um this was all happening at the montauk air force station in montauk so okay. but now for now just know that camp hero is essentially the same area it's just a big park now <clears throat> um it consists of a vast uh underground complex that housed and trained and experimented on young boys and girls trigger warning Boo. yeah <laughs> um so yeah mine's not great either it's also not really proven though like your yours has been declassified yeah or whatever now. Yeah. yeah yeah kelsey likes those i like the uh sometimes i like the <laughs> i don't know the unconfirmed ones yeah Off it depends i yeah there's enough like crazy shit that we've done that they've proved they've done i feel like i don't want to yeah think about the ones that people are just throwing out and if it's not true it's like what i know that's true like QAnon and stuff like that like that's yeah. a lot they covered it on that and that's why we drink and um yeah it was a lot of research that em had to go through yeah like sometimes i'm like i don't want to add the website vid visits or anything to your information you're oh, trying to God. get out into the world <laughs> the things i we've had to google for this show <laughs> yeah I'm over there like, should I be Googling conspiracy theories at work? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Let me go on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so these tests were all devoted to learning about my favorites, teleportation, time travel, and mind control. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, all the just fun throw stuff. in like flying and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Like They're... all the superpowers I'd actually want. Oh, flying would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It teleportation, not mind like... reading, not mind reading. Mind reading would suck. But yeah, like Sookie Stackhouse in True Blood, yeah. she was like, "Oh, it sucks that I have to hear all these gross people's thoughts." <laughs> yeah. Um, but being able to just snap and be somewhere, oh hell yeah, we yeah. wouldn't have to pollute the earth with so much crap. Yeah, I so... could be like. Bye bye. Just like bam. I know. Pairs. This one has good goals. It has good goals. <laughs> so, the teleportation was to be achieved using, uh, quote, an off label application of Albert Einstein's AO <laughs> unified theory, <laughs> supervised at the start by Einstein himself. End quote. Oh. So, so Einstein was involved? Involved. <laughs> 
love it when there's like just these they just name drop in some of these conspiracy theories yeah <laughs> project pegasus is all like yeah we had obama and like on mars and joe biden too yeah trump unfortunately <laughs> nope they send him to uranus no <laughs> 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 there's also one that we could cover that's like kind of project pegasus e that's called the 20 and back program that i heard about on creeps and crimes and it's like oh. involves people like going and like working for this program for like 20 years and then it like sends them back 20 years back in time and they're like they don't remember any of it or something <laughs> insane oh that's weird yeah slave yeah. labor <laughs> <laughs> and then they just benjamin button you Okay, so they said that Camp Hero's radar frequency was perfect for these type of experiments. So it's the perfect spot, apparently. All the ley lines and shit. Ooh, ley lines. Don't get me started. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's a topic we gotta cover. So, anyway, sorry, you'll get me off on a tangent. (laughs) Uh, we first start to hear about this in the 80s when a man named Al Bielik is how I'm going to pronounce it because I'm an asshole who didn't look it up. <laughs> but that's what it looks like. Uh, came out and claimed to have recovered a ton of memories from the Philadelphia experiment. That one Don't I've also know. heard of. but yeah, 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 yeah. I know the name. They've referenced it on uh, Loki in a offhanded way because they showed the uh, ship but for those of you who don't know her don't worry we got you (laughs) the Philadelphia (laughs) experiment which is the one if if I want to cover it more in detail on Patreon because it's also very kind of in depth and crazy so but we got to know a little bit about it for this one so it was believed to be a precursor to the Montauk project Except it involved moving um, not just people through time, but an entire uh, ship, like a Navy vessel, through time and space. Sounds fun. So, <laughs> it was a big, it was a big undertaking. Um, yeah, so I don't really know <laughs> how they did that, but they didn't really know what they were doing either. Let's just say, it's like, it didn't go perfectly. Um that's what I want to, yeah, I definitely want to cover it on Patreon. But basically at the U.S. Navy's Philadelphia Naval Shipyard, the ship and crew were moved 10 minutes ahead in time as like an experiment in like a mini jump in time. Just a little tester. Yeah, how bad could um, 10 minutes be? Yeah, they just wanted to like, you know, I think they did that in Project Paces too, where he like gets taken by his dad on like a short jump or whatever. Anyway, it's been a while, but... You gotta, you gotta test it out. It's, it's, it's safe, right? Yeah. Um, they're playing it safe. But the whole incident, like allegedly, was witnessed by an ex-merchant mariner on October twenty eighth, nineteen forty three. Wow. So, yeah, it was like a long fucking time ago. <laughs> um. So that's said to have kind of inspired this ongoing teleportation and tests and stuff so bialik al bialik said this type of thing was still going strong in the 80s but on a slightly smaller scale shall we say 
but this time maybe with heavier repercussions. Yeah. Um, they were experimenting on humans and even children. So, um, Bielek claimed he remembered commuting to work in a time tunnel from California to New York. Shit like that just comes up. <laughs> Um, Aren't those across the country well, from each other? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, a little, just a little time tunnel. I would Maybe love just, to just like the, boop, across, across yeah. the US. Right? Like like the ones that Project Pegasus talked about. Um, go yeah. to our Patreon. I covered that. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, they didn't go into it more, but he has like a bunch of books he's written that you can... Or I think he was the guy that wrote the books. We'll get to it. Um, and then another fun thing in the immediate vicinity of Camp Hero is what some sources called, quote, the government's grotesque animal hybrid- hybridization factory, end quote. Oh, no. Yeah, no. So that sounds like a fun spot. That's located on Fuck. a fun name. It's on Plum Island. <laughs> These innocent sounding names. <laughs> Plum Island, Camp Hero. We um, got the liger, the lion tiger on Plum Island. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to an animal question mark. Um, I don't know. It's There's nothing too horrible. Okay. According to author Michael Carroll, Carol, I cannot speak, it's a bio-research facility where the notorious... Building 257 uh, gave us Lyme disease, West Nile virus, and duck enteritis, which I failed to look <laughs> up what that was. <laughs> duck enteritis? Not the ducks! I was, <clears throat> I was told I was going to be um, training someone at work again, and I was like struggling to get my notes typed up, too. I'm like, okay, I got it. Anyway, I probably should have looked that up. But West Nile virus, Lyme disease. Yeah, Lyme disease is brutal. Yeah. And West Nile Um, is the one that mosquitoes carry, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Like, one of the ones that mosquitoes carry, I guess. But, like, it's just, like, those freaking research facilities that keep all the fucking crazy viruses and stuff, and then they experiment on them to be like, oh, if this one got stronger, like, would we be able to fight it? And then sometimes those diseases and viruses and stuff get just leaked out by accident like they have you know what i mean like that's what some people think maybe it caused covid but we don't know nothing's been yeah don't sue us okay so this al guy wasn't the only one to recover memories of time on montauk either so did at least one other person a man named preston nichols also recalled the project he is from Long Island himself, and he holds degrees in parapsychology, psychology, and electrical engineering. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> yeah. Let's see why they'd want him. Um, okay, he's the guy. He's he's written a series of books known as the Montauk Project series, um, which were co-authored with a guy named Peter Moon, which I don't think that's his real name, but <laughs> yeah. there's a few of them involved. They detailed the experience in depth and apparently, sorry, and apparently it really runs the gamut. 
from time travel to contact with extraterrestrials and staging some of the some all of the Apollo moon landings. It said moon landings. <laughs> Fine. That's a fun conspiracy theory, too, in my opinion, <laughs> that the moon landing's fake. Yeah. I mean, I have to watch. Fuck. What was it called? Moonwalkers? Oh, no, documentary? To... No, Moonwalkers. It was something about um, they want to fake the moon landing and they're trying to, like, make that footage or whatever of them walking on the moon. Oh. Yeah. So they hire, like, okay. these. Oh, that it's sounds a, funny. It's a movie. It has, fuck, it's like Rupert Grint in it and oh, cool. um, Robert Sheehan from um, like Umbrella Academy and oh, okay, okay. The Misfits, cause, or Misfits, because he's who I watched it for because I love him. He's so funny. <laughs> yeah, they're like faking the moon landing. They're all like super druggy and they get like a director that's really terrible. I'm just gonna like direct the moon landing, and they have like a sound stage. I have to rewatch it. It was they, pretty great. <laughs> I, they've referenced that in Arrested Development too. They've been like, mm. "Oh, that's where we staged the moon landing, or whatever." Like they're mm-hmm. on like the Hollywood lot or something. Yeah, yeah. there's it's some there's some fun like little weird facts to it and stuff though. When you really like yeah. like listen to a podcast about it or something. <laughs> anyway, maybe maybe someday I'll do it. Let us know, guys. Um, okay, so yeah, it's been called similar to Project Pegasus as... Oh, well, I guess that was... Anyway, let me start that over again. <laughs> I said it's similar to Project Pegasus. <laughs> because they went back to specific uh, points in time, like jesus's heyday and they went back to alter the outcomes of specific battles during the american civil war and the second world war so they're just moseying around and putting their hands all over everything and yeah (laughs) sounds like the observers in fringe just like blipping through time to all the important events they're just like boom september's here but they're not supposed to mess with stuff, right? No, Doesn't they don't really mess with trouble. stuff. Yeah. Except September. When he has a baby. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they were all named after months or whatever. It was weird. Um, yeah. But there's too many of them for <laughs> them to all be named after months. So just 12 of them. Were named after. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest like, had other names. not seen it, they're like going to be like, what the? September? <laughs> Is she having a stroke? No. <laughs> just kidding. Um, okay, so back to this uh, stroke-inducing topic. No, <laughs> I should not say that. Um, they were using the same, it said electromagnetic bottle that had been used to make the, the Navy ship was called the USS Eldridge. So the, the Eldridge disappeared. Oh, okay. And that's what they show in Loki, too. They, like, go into that oh. weird backwards world where all the extra Lokis are and all the forgotten and thrown away stuff is and then the, they show the eldritch there anyway okay so not gonna bury this lead anymore because it's of course inspired something called the montauk chronicles which was in 2015 and was a film adaptation <laughs> a film adaptation <laughs> all about the conspiracy um so that's fun because it won some awards but it more importantly Stranger inspire stranger things 
soon as you said children, I was like, oh yeah, she said she wanted to talk about the inspiration for Stranger Things. It is. It's the inspiration for Stranger Things. Yeah. And at one time, fun fact, Montauk Montauk was the working title of Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so there yeah, have keep been that in mind. <laughs> what? I said there have been stranger things. <laughs> stranger things have happened. Um, yeah. we just rewatched season four. Oh my god, so good, so good. Because and I was listening to um, Sinisterhood did a episode on the Montauk Project, so I listened to that as uh, like one of my sources also, mm-hmm. and um. They were talking about how, like, season two had just ended and they couldn't get back into one of them was like, uh, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, you just wait. Season four. Yeah. <laughs> I liked the last couple seasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was probably season two that was my least favorite. I didn't really like season two from what I remember. Yeah, I don't but really I've remember never, it. I've never really rewatched any of them, so. But. Yeah. Yeah, for, we I don't know that we really watched all of them, but Pat definitely was putting on season four, and I was like, oh yeah, this is good stuff. <laughs> it's creepy and it's makes me cry, and then oh, it's all the stuff. Eddie, no. yeah, I <laughs> oh, like God. Eddie. Yeah. Okay, so the I think I wrote this down right. The the guys that made the Stranger Things, the Duffer Brothers, yeah. um. Yeah, okay, so they had made a mock trailer, apparently, as their, like, pitch for this show, and it was, like, oh. 30 minutes of clip from from Stephen King's movies, can't talk today, clips from Stephen King movies and horror movies overlaid by a John Carpenter soundtrack, and the rest is Smash TV hit history. <laughs> yeah, that Ooh. sounds fun. They should release awesome. that. <laughs> They maybe not. Maybe they can't due to copyright or something. Right. It sounds fun. But it's like, oh yeah, it's totally. It's very Stephen King's vibes. It's like yes, you know, like it or something where it's all little kids and whatever. Yeah. Um. And I did um get a travel email about the Universal Halloween Horror Nights, and it's freaking like all Vecna themed this year. It's all the oh. season four Stranger Things. Wow. It'd be awesome to go to fucking scary <laughs> um so back to the real events if your mind is open <laughs> you're real so, go on, go on. <laughs> this is the true story this is what yeah these are straight facts um <laughs> so it was uh it was when a movie came out in 1984 about the philadelphia experiment called the philadelphia experiment that al b I'm going to call him, felt a strange sense of strong deja vu. So that prompted him to do like the hypnosis and regression or whatever. And that's when he like started to get flooded with all these memories. Um, And then he remembers being on the USS Eldridge. And then he remembered that his name wasn't even really Al B. Alec. His name was Ed Cameron, and he and his brother Duncan had been participants in the Philadelphia experiments as adults. Oh, okay. Except now it's 1984, and he was like an adult. So none of it made sense. So 
He learned that they had started bopping him and his brother around at time, basically. <laughs> to the Bippity future. Bippity boo. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly. <laughs> Timey oh, wimey no. machine. I think yes, that's the Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Timey wimey. The TARDIS. They went in the TARDIS. I'm not a Whovian. I gotta get <laughs> into it. I fucking love all those actors. Oh my god. Anyway. Um, <laughs> they wanted to bring them to the future to heal them up from the trauma they had experienced from the Philadelphia experiment. Oh, okay. Yeah, because like I said, it didn't like... <laughs> it didn't go good. Picture like... You know, the the one guy in Pirates who, like, starts to meld with the ship? <laughs> He's Barnacle yeah. Bill or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, they, they I weren't won with the experts at it at the time, time travel stuff yet. So, apparently, they did something even crazier than any of this stuff we've talked about yet. When they... What? So, they brought him to the future. They brought him to the 80s to Montauk, but then... They blipped his consciousness into a nine-month-old baby that was baby Al Bielik. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense, right? <laughs> sure. I always find it funny, anything that says they went to the future, because I'm like, why are you conducting experiments in the 1980s when you have access to the future? Just go to the fucking yeah. future and stay in the future then. Like, yeah, and can like you talk the to your people in the future? Like, do you have a telephone, or do you guys have to like physically send someone every uh, time? <laughs> that is I'm story. just like, why? Why are they stuck in the 1980s if they can just blip people to the future? Why are they doing these experiments in the 80s? And, like, yeah, go to the future, to... ask the people how we did it. <sighs> yeah, I don't know, like, but uh... would a caveman understand if someone explained to him how they made an iPhone, <laughs> or would they just have to sort of go through the steps <laughs> along the way to figure it out? Maybe, yeah, but. I mean, it couldn't be that hard to understand for, like, engineers and computer yeah. experts and shit from the 80s. Like, they were fucking they're... building computers in the internet. Like... Yeah, and then they're sending, they're just sending people randomly to the future just to get all, you know, patched up and stuff. So yeah. why not send them he to get all learned He needs a tetanus shot. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. needs a tetanus shot. Send him, send him 40 years <laughs> in the future. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, not to rain on the parade. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's, we have to keep a healthy skepticism in mind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I literally like wrote, stay with me now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's all over the place. The USS Eldritch teleportation was just their first attempt. So now apparently the powers that be, they've been working on the teleportation, the time travel, the telekinetic powers. The baby brain swapping. <laughs> All the fun, natural fun. <laughs> progressions. Um, but here at Montauk, they tended to unfortunately prey on like vulnerable people, like homeless people even, it said they would experiment Aww. on. Shitty. Yeah. Yep. We suck as a species. <laughs> I mean, I almost covered them doing the... HIV and like AIDS experiments on like all the homeless black people or something and oh, I can't remember where it was. I've yeah. heard of one, yeah, the Tuskegee, yeah. Tuskegee yeah. with the syphilis and stuff too. Oh yeah, oh, that's what yeah. it was, syphilis. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Like, that stuff like seriously fascinates me, but it's so fucked. Yeah, up like a whole generation to, like, of black people they like intentionally infected with fucking syphilis and right? didn't tell them. 
Yeah. And this wasn't even like the experiments I talked about in like the Second World War. This was way later than that. Yeah. Sure. Oh my god, we never learn. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> this is depressing. I'm like, it's fun stuff. <laughs> if there is any. Experiment. More experiments on children. Everyone survived so far. Okay. <laughs> That's good. It's so yeah, I guess in, yours. in mine, hopefully nobody died. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Um. So they would use the people to experiment on. Some of them were pumped full of electromagnetic radiation oh. to see how much they could take. So actually, few survived that. So some some people do die. <laughs> so I'm just okay. like everyone's alive so far. <laughs> Except two sentences away. (laughs) (laughs) Now people die. I wrote this yesterday. Okay. Um, (laughs) Oh, and then this is very MKUltra-y. They would take the Montauk boys and girls and break them down mentally and physically so that they could, like, you know, rewire their brains according to Mm. how they wanted to brainwash them. So... They would have them do some of the things you see them do in the rainbow room. The rainbow room pillow. <laughs> yeah. Um, they would have them concentrate on like manifesting an object, like a baseball on the table. And they would work on the seeing eye project, which is the type of like remote viewing that uh, Eleven was always doing in that sensory deprivation tank and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I had a quote on it. So the first experiment was called the seeing eye. With a lock of a person's hair or other appropriate object in his hand, Duncan, uh, Cameron, supposed psychic, could concentrate on the person and be able to see as if he was seeing through their eyes, hearing through their ears, and feeling through their body. Creepy. I know. Um, He could actually see through any... He could actually see through other people anywhere on the planet, end quote. Hmm. So he was one of the most powerful, like, 11. Uh, and, and the theory was that, <laughs> I did not understand this, something like his brain <laughs> got popped into a baby that was already powerful. Uh, so he's a really powerful psychic or something. My brain was broken trying to do these notes. He has oh, okay. super powerful <laughs> telekinesis. Moving on. <laughs> super baby. I guess that's their theory, but he's got the super powerful telekinesis and is like their resident super psychic. And there is also a chair, much like you had a chair. This is a different yeah. chair. This is the Montauk chair. <laughs> Who knew? It's probably equally real. <laughs> can recline and shit can get attached to it as mine you're in there for someone to work on you no it's to like help them uh aid them in teleporting the kids to different places it helped them teleport and stuff i guess okay and when they left the chair on in montauk all the time it would create this wormhole that ed Cameron, a.k.a. Al Bielik, and his brother Duncan used multiple times to go back and forth. Wow. Then, in true Stranger Things style, something rips open and something bad comes out of Duncan's brain. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, there was a big quote on this. I think it's from 
one of the books or something. Uh, we finally decided we'd had enough of the whole experiment. The contingency program was activated by someone approaching Duncan while he was in the chair and simply whispering, the time is now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go get the- ice cream. What a secret of code, eh? The time is now. Okay. At this moment, he let loose a monster from his subconscious, and the transmitter actually portrayed a hairy monster. It was big, hairy, hungry, and nasty. But it didn't... (laughs) It was big, hungry, hairy, and nasty. (laughs) But it didn't appear underground in the null point. It showed up somewhere on the base. It would eat anything it could find, and it smashed everything in sight. Several different people saw it, but almost everyone described a different beast. End quote. Wow. Except it's big, hairy, hungry, and nasty. Yeah. Doesn't sound like the Demogorgon with the, like, weird flower-opening face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like Uh. the Venus flytrap of faces. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um... So I read it was that some of the scientists wanted to stop the program. So they had asked for Duncan's help and that was their super secret signal. Time is now. The time is now. For anyone who watches the the wrestling, it just makes me think that's what John Cena's um he'd come out to his ring music and dun, 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 you can't see me, the time is now. <laughs> John Cena to pop out from the bushes. <laughs> dun, 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 does the face, the hand waving over the face. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know if it killed anybody, this supposed beast, but they did have to erase everybody's memories after, like, Men in Black style, so. Nice. With a clicky pen. Got red pen. Finally, the base um, was decommissioned in 1981, and three years later, the subterranean rooms and corridors were all filled with concrete. Or so they say. But wait, that is not the last of the activities on what is now known as Camp Hero State Park, uh, which just overlaps with much of what was the uh, base before. I forget what I said, Air uh, Force Base, I think. Yeah. Um, on the outside of the plastered-over gun batteries... Or gunneries. I think it's a place they would get guns. I don't know. I asked Pat. <laughs> he was like, mm. But somebody scratched on the outside of this, like, in the concrete or whatever. Stranger, help me. Okay. okay that's why they called it Stranger Things. Stranger. Or just because strange things happen in the show. So you're like, but it's going to be Stranger. Or what's, what's stranger than strange? Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah. The dog. The strangest things. Uh, Yeah, I think it just comes from the stranger things have happened kind of saying. Yeah. Um, There's also a warning sign as you enter the park to please leave any old munitions or military equipment you might happen to find laying around. Just let someone know on your way out if you do find it. Okay. You think somebody should be going actively looking for that stuff? Yeah, I think it's. Leave it around (laughs) anymore. I think it's mostly been cleaned up, but they're like, hopefully there wasn't anything that we've missed. Um, and there's like, like you can see concrete, like manhole covers almost and stuff. Like where wow. Be. Um, so there's still strange things happening there. So 
we have the sinister sage radio tower at Camp Hero that still stands to this day. Um, it is no longer in use, but that has not stopped it from moving. Nope. <laughs> I thought, all right. Now, it already caused issues when it was still in use. Because um, remember how we said that the, the radio or the radar frequency you hear was perfect for experiments or whatever? Yeah. Well, people were always complaining of intense headaches in the area, as well as dogs barking and whining at like nothing and TV and other electronics malfunctioning. And that was when the tower was in operation and it was rotating every 12 seconds when it was in use and casting out massive amounts of energy. Jeez. Um, okay. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> I want to live there. No. <laughs> yeah. It was also the last of the, quote, super-powered Cold War-era sage radar towers constructed in the event of a Soviet nuclear attack with the intention of giving the U.S. a 30-minute warning. The antennae uh, emitted up to 425 uh, megahertz, MHZ, probably megahertz. Yeah. Which is also the frequency allegedly needed to enter human consciousness. Not sure about that, but it sounds interesting. (laughs) Sounds fun. So then in 2009, so this is way long after it's been out of use, over a matter of six days, it rotated 360 degrees. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it was not operational, as I said. So the fire department went in to see if someone had messed around in there. But like the building with the control room or whatever was sealed shut. And inside the controls were uh, frozen and stiffly in place, clearly untouched. Okay. So, like, the top of it's moving. I thought you meant, like, it moved across, like, the sand or something. And I was like, what is happening right now? Oh, like, the dish thing moved. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I was like, it's just, like, fucking moving across. (laughs) It's like a rock moving in the sand over a century. No, there's a picture of the tower on the the drive. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess it's like the top of it. Like, I don't know if it's like a dish, whatever radio tower has on top of the antenna and stuff was all rotating. And they tried to even manually like move the dish or whatever the fuck the top thing is called, but they couldn't even like budge it with all their like physical force. Okay, I was going to say maybe the wind. (laughs) I know. It looks pretty broken up too. Like there's a bunch of panels missing and stuff. Oh yeah, it's everything's getting pretty old. Yeah, wow. Um, and you're gonna want to look at the picture called the Rhode Island Monster. Yeah, I just noticed <laughs> that, and it attacking Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm cackling. Is that yes, the picture you said? What even is this? <laughs> yeah, so I had to include it because I'd never seen that picture. Okay, so He's what like we're talking about? High-fiving while Obama's fist bumping him. I don't it's know great. who made that meme, but it's amazing. It's going this on the website. It's called the Montauk Monster. It's going on the website. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, we'll God, have to it is weird. Credit or whatever. So in July of 2008, this thing washed up on the shore near no. Camp Hero. Yeah, it's like... It, very weird looking isn't it it looks very like (laughs) pig body and leggy and then Mm -hmm. a bird face (laughs) yeah like some people are like it's like a could be look like a hairless raccoon but then it kind of has like hooves almost yeah weird kind of like beak thing and 
Like maybe it had hair at some point. It's strange looking. We'll put pictures yeah. up on social media. Yeah, that's really I've, weird. I've been really bad about putting pictures up on social media lately. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely odd. And then there's that, you know, it washed up near that supposed yeah. animal facility or whatever. So that's kind of weird too. Do they know where it is um, now? Where's Where's its little body now? I don't know. I don't know if anyone like taxidermied it or, or actually tested it. Yeah. I've never seen pictures of it before, but yeah, I was already so far into these that I couldn't really look yeah. too much more into it. I do no, appreciate just... him, him high-fiving Obama's fist bump. That's so, <laughs> pretty great. I know. At first I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, if you look up Montauk Monster and it's just like a suddenly Obama. <laughs> <laughs> People have too much time on their hands. An clearly. accidental Obama. No. <laughs> it's great. He was in on it. He's in on it. He was in Project yeah. Pegasus too. He knows everything. <laughs> he knows okay. all the projects. He's so... They gotta tell you them all when you start, when you become president. Oh, that'd be so much fun. You'd be like, day one. Okay, <laughs> tell me everything. And then I you know. probably, 12 hours later, are just like so shell-shocked. You're just like, ah... Yeah, I'm good now. <laughs> That's why they all go gray after they're president. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I just have a little bit more because there's a couple other people that came forward with uh, memories and stuff after the first couple guys did. Oh. Um, so, you know, take it as you will. <laughs> but there's, um, yeah, I got this from like a New York Post article that had a few different, the, some of the pictures and stuff and stuff about the radio tower also, which was good. Um, and there's a local named Paul Fagan that uh, he believes there might be a, a secret nuclear reactor buried at the site. Oh. Sounds That's fun. That's his theory. He has spent 14 years exploring Camp Hero and researching government documents at the National Archives in Manhattan. So he's been doing some research, so. Um, he thinks it was installed in 1958 as part of a Cold War era. <laughs> Call back <laughs> to your crazy segment. Yeah. Um, Army nuclear power program. So he thinks the conspiracy theories are to distract and a diversion for keeping people away from the nuclear reactor. But there's also a park there, so I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. But come visit the nuclear reactor, the state's <laughs> most beautiful parking like, yeah. picnic area. <laughs> There's another man. Uh, I think I put his picture on because they had his picture. If you know him, Joe Lafreno, uh, 53, <laughs> who grew up in Montauk and thinks he was also one of the Montauk boys. Okay. He said, I didn't believe it until two years ago. Uh, Lafreno told the Post, I was hypnotized by a certified hypnotist for about 40 minutes, and all these memories flooded back. They did a very bad thing to us out there. We were just little kids. They had no right to experiment on us. It was a very dark, very evil thing. Yeah. So that's obviously pretty traumatic, whether, you know, he obviously, you know, feels it and believes what the memories he's recovered. Um... And he said that he believes he was abducted and abused during the summer of 1980 and possibly during the summer of 1981 when he was 12 or 13. Um, 
which is just really interesting to think that people could have been abducted and how yeah. would that not be noticed but i don't know um he recalled under hypnosis that a local boy whom no one knew very well invited him to bike to the base the first time lofreno said there were two men waiting dressed in civilian clothes they ushered the boys into a sunken house on the base later he said he and the um the other boys were brought underground through battery 113 one of the sealed gunneries left from world war ii he remembers lying on a table with wires coming out of him like electrodes they analyzed us like animals he said there were up to 50 other kids there and he believes some of them were later killed wow um yes that's pretty rough uh the rest of the had a lot of quotes at the end a little quote heavy at the end here (laughs) um it would be easy to write him off as a kook but he's gainfully employed at the park has a steady girlfriend appears to have a solid relationship with his kids locals call him a friend he said that while under hypnosis he went to the location he remembered with other another parks employee charlie who was also interviewed by the post there they found remnants of the sunken house from his visions visions okay uh, Park Superintendent Tom Dest did not return calls for comment. If we had a backhoe and my boss let me dig in that spot, which I know he won't, I can guarantee we'd find some cement structures down there, Lafreno said. So he's pretty convinced he's found a significant spot, but yeah, not allowed to dig, which is, I mean. I mean, it's sealed in with concrete for a reason. I'm yeah, sure. it's probably not safe. <laughs> the mean. government doesn't normally waste so much money just like pouring billions of tons of concrete every fucking crevice they can for no reason yeah but and but like why why go through such lengths to close it down so so, like permanently you know like could they just like closed up the entrances or whatever i don't know or like repurposed it even yeah they repurpose a lot of like military structures nowadays so yeah there's that fucking bunker under that Greenbrier Hotel that you covered. Yeah. I still get emails from that hotel. I'm like, there's a bunker under you. <laughs> I was watching, my dad was watching, he likes to watch um, Abandoned Places. There's like this thing. Oh, and, that sounds fun. Um, It's on, I can't remember what channel he likes to watch, but they were doing Ooh. it and they were talking about the thing and I told them, I was like, and there's so much they didn't cover because they only talk about each one for like 15 <laughs> minutes. And I was like, they left out all this stuff. Ah! <laughs> The barracks, the the bunk beds, yeah. the bunker beds. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a fun show. I wonder if it's on like the travel travel channel. Um, um Yeah, something kind of like that. Like I love that stuff. Yeah. I picked I was great. flipping through that reminded me of flipping through a, a a book at the library that was like called Abandoned Alberta. <laughs> and it had oh, the I've seen that. Yeah. It had the Rexall, which I was like, I drive by that every day. <laughs> It's the old, it's not that old. It was only closed down like five years ago. The old friggin' hockey arena. <laughs> it's in a band. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the Rexall <laughs> Rexall Place, we're not fucking called. Yeah. Anyway, wow. I thought that was funny. But then they had a lot of cool, like, did it, old abandoned Did it become silos. a spirited Halloween? No. Yeah, maybe. They're going to demolish <laughs> it, it said, actually. Which I was oh. like, really? Oh, okay. Why not? Oh, I always get disappointed. Like, can't you repurpose it into something? Yeah, it was a build. It was a perfectly fine building at, at one point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess cool, maybe actually... if there's Sorry. too much structural damage or something or yeah, maintenance that wasn't done. 
Yeah, hopefully we put something there. It's good, good prime yeah. spot. Yeah. But um, there was also a little picture of like this little western looking cabin, and it was like this has been used as a film backdrop <laughs> to stand in for like the Wild West. And I'm like, yes, because Alberta is like we're just above Montana. Like we, yeah, we could pass for Montana. <laughs> we got mountains. And they're just exactly. They're oh, not yeah. as They've like tons of stuff here. As like ready yellow and orange color as they are in like Montana and Arizona. And oh, right. Yeah, they got some pretty, yeah. pretty cool shit down there. Monument Valley. What? <laughs> I guess we do in like Drumheller. That's a lot more like orangey reds colors oh. than our and the hoodoos. <laughs> yeah. Um, almost done. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think we were talking about these off-air lighthouses. Oh, they're creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lighthouse mysteries. But there's a lighthouse on site. Um, which, yes, gonna do. We're, we're gonna maybe talk about some stuff lighthouse adjacent later in <laughs> later episodes. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. But yeah, like they made it. It said that they designed the base to look like a fishing village. So maybe that's why there was a lighthouse. It oh. Said, it said... It was designed to look like a fishing village, quote, even though soldiers actually lived there to fool the Nazis. A church that was actually a gym for officers remains, but a series of Cape Cod-style houses have been torn down. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) After the war, the Air Force took over the site, shutting it down in 1981. Um, At this point, according to Nichols' book and a host of other researchers, bizarre things started happening. Um... I think I mentioned him briefly. Nichols, he was yeah, one of the guys that wrote one of the books and the, some of the memories. Um, Nichols co-writer Vincent Barbaric, Barbaric? <laughs> who used the pen name Peter Moon, much cooler name, yeah. <laughs> told the Post, we're dealing with phenomena that is not just 3D. If you research sacred geometry, Montauk is known for being a power vortex. Geologically, oh, okay. it's an underground mountain that comes up. It's its own separate island in a way. Something happened out there that I'm sure of. So it's just crazy bizarre. Yeah, we're <laughs> all over. Um, one one place, the New York Times had a small article, which usually they have bigger articles, but whatever. They called it the Area 51 of the East, but I didn't love that because there wasn't a lot mentioned on aliens. Yeah, Maybe there's more in the books. Um, and. Speaking of the Montauk series books, apparently that Peter Moon guy, <laughs> I want to read some of this crazy shit. He also authored a series about time travel, as well as the Transylvania series about mysteries discovered beneath the Romanian Sphinx. He is also the proprietor of the online time travel education center. <laughs> what? Okay. Sounds fun. The, the who? The what Sphinx? The what? <laughs> How do I get one of these jobs where I can just dedicate 14 years to sitting in libraries and fucking wandering a building and somehow make enough money to, like, support myself and my family? You just sell, like, millions of crazy books, yeah. Ugh. The dream. Um, Finally. (laughs) Just to live in a library? No. (laughs) That's my dream. No, to just not have, like, a normal job. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah there was I fucking forget what I was listening to but there was one thing where they had either a utopia or an alien land where they're like and nobody works more than two years when they're like 20 years old and I'm like I'm here for it yes <laughs> oh. show okay. me to the heaven <laughs> yeah 
right. And finally, the creators of Stranger Things, Matt and Ross Duffer, have been coy about the connection to the Montauk Project or any other potential government experiment. They have only said that ditching the Montauk title was, quote, very painful. And that is my case. (laughs) (laughs) feel like that. It's not based on it, but we were going to name it that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? They've been very coy about it. It didn't even inspire it. We were just going to name the whole show after it. But it didn't even inspire it. Why would you think it did? Reading that originally, it was going to be set in Montauk. Like, they... It was about yeah, the, wow. the same people, but same pilot episode, but it was not set in freaking Hawkins, was hmm. it Indiana or whatever the fuck? Yeah. I can see how that could get uh, to, to like conspiracy where this, like having it separate, it makes it more of like a fantasy kind of thing. Yeah. Perhaps legally it's better that they <laughs> distance yeah. themselves a bit from it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but, it's pretty cool. So I don't know. I, I thought yeah, it was an wow. interesting one. Yeah, wild. <sighs> I know. Yeah, it's weird that they would seal everything up like that when most other buildings don't really seem to be sealed or if yeah. they are, they're kind of just left abandoned. They don't really have people monitoring them and that yeah. kind of stuff <laughs> there's like tours and everything going on because they're like we're gonna show you you can tour around the building and everything yeah, like that yeah, that's, that's not weird. happening here no yeah they're just like well, shut it down shut it all down kill it with cement throw on to us or the cold war's over time for the satanic panic yeah. time for the next thing the next war the war on oh. terror the war on drugs time for the next probably yeah. the war on drugs <laughs> That was like, yeah, I think that was some president's wife, you know, favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, conspiracies, I love them. Yes. They are some of my Wild. <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. <laughs> I've had fun. <laughs> yeah. We, well, this is, this is the last one, right? We're going to have a Patreon. Uh, and then next week, oh, no. we'll be it's dipping our toes time. into international waters. Yes, we will. <laughs> yes. And mm. then you'll be enjoying a dark cast. Takeover. As of August 4th. Yeah, because yeah. we're taking the month of August off. Some of out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but we'll yeah. still be working on everything in the background making sure we come back strong in september mm-hmm. yeah hell yeah we're not going anywhere don't worry <laughs> no all right we'll never come back we'll just ghost you guys no, <laughs> no. we'll be back in september never heard from again <laughs> no. don't even i told you i'm so sad when podcasts i love say they're stopping it makes me yeah so but sad. think like about it <laughs> if we did that one day somebody on a podcast would be covering our true crime case of the disappearance of the two hosts of castles and cryptids <laughs> and the conspiracy theories that surround what happened to them it's all a publicity <laughs> stunt dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we faked our own deaths <laughs> to get fucking <laughs> publicity uh, that'd be pretty great uh, <laughs> not faking our own deaths uh, but no <laughs> 
to become a true crime case. No. Conspiracy theory. Somebody's sitting here and being like, well, according to their Instagram and Facebook, the family hasn't heard from them since this day. No. That's what we want you to think. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I want to be a successful podcast. That's what I'm going to put out in the, uh, <laughs> in the ether. No. Not not necessarily a, a true crime case, but <laughs> no, not a bad one. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't want to get mystery. How did they get so successful? <laughs> <laughs> Who did they bribe? <laughs> we'll bribe whoever it takes. No, <laughs> no, we don't have All that right. kind of money. <laughs> no, we don't. And on that note, donate to Patreon uh, <laughs> and keep it cryptic. Yeah. Bye bye. this has been castles and cryptids you can listen to our podcast on spotify apple podcast google podcast anchor breaker pocket cast and our youtube channel please rate review and subscribe wherever you listen follow us on instagram facebook and reddit on our website you can listen to all of our episodes as well as view pictures for each of our segments Check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers and become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. We are working on an Ask Us Anything. You can submit questions by social media or by email at castlesencryptids at gmail.com. Do you have a spooky ghost story, a creepy cryptid sighting, or a thrilling true crime tale you would like to share and have us include in a future episode? Send us your listener story by social media or by email please include the name that you would like mentioned. Our music is by Kobe Affair. Our logo and artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Thanks for listening.